And if you are here today and you are looking for something more in the Lord, I'm here to tell you, you are in the right place today. Amen. God has orchestrated it. God has planned it for you to be at Apostolic Revival Church at this, in this service today on this Sunday. Amen. Do you believe that? If you believe it, church, could you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. Amen. And I feel like the Lord would have me say that if you have not repented of your sins, if you have not been buried in His name and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, today all those things can happen. Amen. So I want you to pray. I want you to seek the face of God. I want you to ponder those things and let the Lord speak to your heart. Amen. I'm not here to convince you man to man or man to woman. I'm here to tell you that just let the Lord speak to your heart. Open your mind and your heart to Him. And I believe that God will lead you at the right time, at the right moment to act upon those things that will cause you to be able to go to heaven and be with the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Thank you for salvation, Lord. Thank you for salvation, Jesus give you praise, Lord. Give you honor. All the guests that are here today, would you clap your hands one more time for them? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you'll turn with me to John chapter 6 and verse number 5. John chapter 6 and verse number 5. And, and throughout the message, I will be referring to this story, but in other renditions of the Gospels uh, from another vantage point. Uh, that's what I love about the Gospels is that uh, you get it from four different directions many times, one story, and what one left out, the other will, uh, will make up for it, and they will give a different perspective and a different insight into God's Word and what had happened at that event. But John chapter 6 and verse number 5 is one of those events uh, that, that the other Gospels cover, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read a couple scriptures uh, that refers to this story that I believe that God has a word for our church here today on this Sunday. Amen. This was not the word for last Sunday, but this is the word for this Sunday. God knows who is here today. God understands exactly who needs to hear this message at this time. Whatever you're going through right now, uh, this is a word from the Lord. It says in verse number five, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip. Now this is the same Philip, understand, where Philip asked the Lord, he said, show us the Father that it will satisfy us. And the Lord said, have I not been so long with you, Philip? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But at this point, at this scripture right here, he had not yet had that revelation. And so Philip was almost a target of Jesus to make a greater point. He said, when shall we buy bread that these may be that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus already understood what he was getting ready to do, but he was testing Philip, and he was letting him know, I've got a greater message here that I not only want to send to you this day over 2,000 years ago, but he also wanted to speak to Apostolic Revival Church on this date. Amen. This is the day that the Word has the ability to change lives. Amen. Not only then, 
but it's a greater point for the kingdom's sake. Amen. And I want to preach for just a little bit. And this is really what Jesus was asking Philip. He said, what do you think we should do? He was just letting Philip know, what, what, what do you think we should do? But the Lord already knew what he was going to do, right? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that we feel here so powerfully, Lord. Thank you for the worship, Lord. Thank you for the praise. Thank you, Jesus, for the response already to the Holy Ghost, God. And, Lord, I pray that you'll touch hearts and lives and bodies right now, God. I pray that ailments, Lord, and sickness, God, will be removed from this place right now, God, so the word of the Lord can have effectiveness in their heart and in their lives, God. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. Usually when I hear this question being asked, what do you think we should do? It's by somebody that has absolutely no idea what to do at the time. Amen. For anybody to ask the question, well, what do you think we should do? They are befuddled. They are confused. Uh, they don't have the answer. Uh, I've said that to my wife, and she, I'm sure, has said it to me many times as well. What do you think we should do? And it's not in a sarcastic manner. It's not in a, you know, well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? It's like, what do you think we should do? I really don't know. I don't have an answer here. So a lot of times that's the, the uh, maybe the context of a question like this that's being asked. But in our text, basically, uh, Jesus was, you know, he wasn't befuddled and he wasn't confused and, and he doesn't need the help of a, of a guy named Philip that didn't even know really uh, who he was or didn't have a revelation of the greatness of Jesus Christ and his uh, incarnation that he was uh, God himself. But basically what he was saying to Philip is that we've got thousands of people that are before us right now. These are people that are very hungry. And so how are we going to feed them? How, what do you think that we ought to do about this situation that we're in right now? I believe that he was trying to, to teach Philip a greater lesson. I believe that just where Philip was at and his knowledge of, 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 of God and his understanding of what was going on around him and, and even his dedication, I believe that the Lord made a, an example or an impression on him because he understood the, just the, the hunger that was in Philip's heart. He knew that Philip was just not some guy following him for the loaves and for the fish, but he had endured all day, and he had been following him for quite some time. And so I think that Philip was not only wanting to speak to, to Philip that day, but, but the greater point was that not only am I going to speak to you this day, but there will be a day that you get a revelation of who I really am, and you're going to have an understanding that, aha, that's what Jesus meant when he asked me to solve the problem that afternoon. Now, you see, the church, I believe, is facing unprecedented problems. And, you know, I don't want to uh, count them as problems or, or uh, uh, bad things, but opportunities, if you will. We have opportunities for God to uh, interject his spirit and his knowledge and his ability into our lives. And so we know that we need the help of the Lord. 
we are in an hour in the, the world that we live in that, that we're almost like in a, a bubble here today on this Sunday where there's a whole lot of things going on in the world today and, and there's things going on in our cities that, that we don't even know about, that I don't even want to know about. There's some things going on in the spiritual uh, realm that, that, uh, of evil that is trying to impart the influence uh, of, of hell onto the world that we live in. And you know what? I'm really not concerned about the details of, of how successful the enemy is, but I do know and I am aware that there's a lot going on in the spiritual realm right now. Not only do we know that it's going on in the, the world we live in, but also heaven is trying to get it right. Amen. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. In the spiritual warfare that we're in and, and what's going on in high places that the, the Bible talks about, there are battles that are ensuing uh, at this very moment. There's a spiritual warfare going on that we don't even understand what is happening. I will say this even today uh, in this service. Uh, there is an enemy right now that is speaking uh, into the minds and the hearts uh, of people trying to clog up uh, their understanding uh, of God's word. Uh, they don't want the, 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 the individual to come closer to the Lord. They don't want them to take up their cross and follow after the things of God. Uh, there's an enemy right now that is trying to uh, hone out the word of God uh, or the truth of his word uh, or the moving of the spirit uh, but I say in the name of Jesus Christ uh, thou shalt not uh, succeed uh, in the service even today amen I feel a liberty here in the house but there are unprecedented challenges that the church is up against. And so it is a fact that there are some in this building that are facing pressures uh, that you've never faced before. There are situations that you, are, that you have moved into, whether it be that the age of life that you're at or maybe a situation that you're dealing with in a spiritual realm. But there are things that we don't really know what we are going to do about. And so when Philip was posed the question by Jesus, he and the disciples they did not know what they were going to do. They didn't know how the multitude was going to be fed. They didn't have no money. They didn't even have time to get the bread. Even if they had the money and they got the bread, there was the complexity of distribution and, and getting that bread in the hands of, of over 5,000 people because that was just the, the men that day. That wasn't talking about the, the ladies and the children. There, there could have been 15,000 people that day that needed to be fed. And so whenever Philip was asked that question, it almost blew his doors off. He's thinking, what? You're asking me? You're asking me what we should do? I, I don't have a clue of what we should do. You, you know, you're, you're asking me, uh, you got any ideas, Philip? And, and Philip, the only thing he's saying is, uh, you know, uh, I know that you're the God of the impossibility or you're the, the Savior of the impossibility. Uh, I don't have the revelation yet that you are God in the flesh, but, but I do understand that I've seen miracles uh, be done. So, Lord, uh, uh, whatever you say we ought to do, uh, uh, you just do. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, Lord, you're the, you're the one with the answers, and you're the one with the power uh, in your right hand uh, to make these things happen. But I'm going to let you know we're just going to do what you tell us to do. Uh, but yet Philip didn't quite have the revelation yet uh, of the incarnation of Christ, uh, of God being in Christ Jesus. Uh, now, you see, uh, this story has more to do with just simply uh, a moment in time, uh, amen, of, of showing God's power uh, and inflexing his muscles 
apostles and showing uh, the greatness of God. I believe this story has more to do, uh, uh, it doesn't only have to do just not with the, the power of God. Uh, it also didn't have to do with the, the, the limitations of the disciples. Uh, it wasn't the point of the story. He wasn't trying to show them that they didn't have any power. Uh, I don't believe that he was trying to show them he had all the power. Uh, but I believe that he was trying to let them know uh, this is an act uh, of compassion. Uh, this has nothing to do with me looking good. Uh, Jesus was almost like that guy that says, uh, I know I look good. I don't have to be told. Uh, God, Jesus already knew uh, that he looked good. Uh, Jesus already understood uh, that he looked good with being the miracle man is what I'm trying to say. Uh, he already showed uh, that he was a powerful Savior. Uh, so he wasn't worried about proving himself, uh, but he didn't understand uh, that this people needs something from me today. Uh, and the scripture lets us know in Matthew chapter 15 uh, and verse number 32, another uh, viewpoint of this story. It says, then Jesus called his disciples unto him said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue to now with me for these three days and they have nothing to eat and I, I will not send them away fasting uh, lest they faint in the way. Uh, Jesus was letting the generations not only that day know uh, but the generations to come uh, that I have compassion for you. Uh, the reason why I want to help you uh, is because I love you. Uh, I know that you've got a need right now. Uh, I know you're hungry. Uh, I know what it's like to be hungry. Uh, I don't want you to go way of uh, fainting in the way, uh, but I'm doing this because I have uh, a love for you. Uh, I need to tell somebody here today uh, that Jesus loves uh, you. Uh, amen. It's not going to make him more powerful to show himself. Uh, it will make him sh be shown uh, in a compassionate way uh, that we need the compassion uh, and the love uh, of Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen. I think probably what the world looks at more than anything, and even in this story, uh, I believe that whenever they started looking at Jesus, uh, and Jesus was desiring to reveal himself uh, beyond the power and beyond uh, his simple greatness, uh, but he wanted uh, to, to show his compassionate interest uh, in them. He's saying, hey, listen, guys, uh, listen, multitude, uh, I love you. I'm not here just because I'm trying to show off. Uh, I'm not here just because I want to prove uh, how great I am. Uh, I am here because I love you uh, and I care for you and I want you to know that I love you. And so the Bible lets us know that, that all of a sudden uh, something awakened in these people after you read the story. They understood that Jesus was just not a, a miracle man. He wasn't just the, the one with the loaves and fishes in the, in the hand that he was giving gifts out everywhere. But they knew that he had a heart towards them. He had compassion for them. And so we need to be thinking about uh, the response of the Spirit of the Lord. You know, when the Lord begins to move in a, in a service, and we've had God move in a mighty way lately, it's not that God is just trying to, boom, show himself great. But what he's trying to do is say, you know what, folks, uh, I love you, and I want to have a relationship with you. I want to make sure that we have a thing going here uh, to where it's not just a one-day thing where you feel the power of God, uh, but every day that you've got a problem, uh, you can come to me for bread. Uh, anytime you've got a, a, a situation in your life and you really don't know what to do, uh, I'm going to be there because I've got compassion, uh, and I love you. I love where you're at in your life. Amen. We've got to obey the voice of God and not allow fear to be a, a thing that overwhelms us. 
This message is to every person who is up against it, desperate for an answer from God. You've shaken every bush and you turned over every rock and you're looking for something from God. And you know that there's, a, there's an answer somewhere out there. And a lot of times we're looking for the signs and the wonders and the, the great big miracles. Uh, but you know what? Jesus wants to reveal himself uh, in the everyday life that we live. Amen. Whenever we're going to work in the morning or we're coming home or in the middle of the day, Jesus says, I want to show myself. Uh, I want to reveal myself that I am with you at all times. Praise God. A lot of times we try to we look at the, 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 the great big events and, and we kind of mark our lives when you start looking at the, the life that you've lived already. And a lot of times we'll just look at those big events and certain things come out in our mind. And, uh, you know, after you live longer, you, maybe those events have to be a little bit bigger to remember them. But, but there's significant moments and times. And, and, uh, and, and, and a lot of times we, we uh, shape our lives and our testimony on just the, 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 the wonderful, bombastic things that have happened in our lives. But, but I want you to know this is a daily walk with the Lord. Amen. See, we're not going to make it by the signs and the wonders and the miracles. We're not going to make it by the blinded eyes being open. If that's the case, I've yet to see a blinded eye be open, personally. But you know what? That doesn't mean that Jesus has not been with me every single day. It means every day that I walk with him, he says, hey, I've got compassion for you. This is a thing where I'm just not the, you know, the, the great big uh, genie in a bottle that I want to show myself mighty. And I, I have to show myself great to, to know who I am. God already knows who he is. That is forever settled. Amen. The very earth that is floating in the, in the sky, the, the atmosphere right now, we are just one big blueberry, I've heard uh, described. And, and when you really think at the scope of, of the universe, it, it, we can't even imagine the scope of the universe. But even the Milky Way galaxy, we are just one little dot. Uh, amen. But yet we're floating along in the, in the middle of, uh, of nowhere, basically. But yet to us, this life is just our security, and we know this is what we know. And, 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 but, but I'm telling you, God is so far beyond that, but yet he's so far in our lives. It means that not only is he the creator of the entire universe and everything that's beyond our universe, uh, he is a God that wants to walk with you every single day. He's got compassion. Uh, He's got mercy for you in your life. Some of you are faithfully serving. Amen. You're faithfully serving other people. And you make sure that their needs are met. And God bless you for it. And I thank God for each and every one of you that come to this church. Uh, but yet there's a, a point where you know that, you know, that the 5,000 are being fed. And, and you're pointing people to Christ and letting them know this is where they can find uh, sustenance for their life. But yet I want you to know the disciples were also hungry. They were the ones that were di- kind of dishing out and being used to, uh, as the miracle was taking place and the, the, the loaves and the fish were being multitude. Jesus said, come on, I, I need you guys to distribute this bread and I want you to hand it out and let them know that this is, this is from me because I care for them. But yet the disciples, they also had their own needs. Uh, they also were hungry. Uh, they were the ones with the, 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 the hunger pangs as they're passing out this bread and, and this fish. I can imagine them. I, you know, one of the hardest things is when you're fasting and, uh, uh, you know, you're serving 
uh, the kids or you know they're not quite on the same fast and you're handing food over and and you just kind of walk through the kitchen and I don't know if anybody else does this but my stomach begins to growl Amen. I started getting hungrier than I have ever been. Uh, but yet, I believe the disciples were like that. They were handling all this wonderful heavenly fish and bread. And, and, but yet, you know what? They had needs too. And as we sit here today, the church that has gathered together, whether you're from the church or not, you are here and you are hungry. Uh, and I'm here to tell you, there is bread in the house right now. Uh, on this date, on this Sunday, uh, God wants to give you the bread that you have need of uh, because he loves you. Amen. I'm going to ask the question, do you believe that God can work things out for you? It's a question that demands a lot of faith. When it really boils down to it, we have to have faith in the Lord. We have to understand that whenever we have faith in God, that it just kind of silences a fretful heart. Amen. When you start thinking about the greatness of God and, and how He's not only been good in the past, but, but just in the present, you can feel His tender mercy and His presence. There's just something about coming into the house of the Lord and pre-service prayer all the way till the very end. Uh, it is a peaceful place in this church. Uh, I refer to it as a bubble, but I, I believe it's even more than that. It's a place where the presence of the Lord is. Uh, amen. Not only do we not want the, the spirit of the world to be manifest in the, the house of God, but I, I do want to tell you that the spirit of the Lord is in the house uh, of God today. And he reaches out and he loves and he has compassion and he cares uh, for the people of the Lord. Uh, but whenever we have faith in that and we have an understanding uh, that Lord you are in control of all things and whenever we just pause a little bit and think about it and understand the greatness of God there is a security that starts welling up inside of our hearts no matter what else is going on around us and maybe we do have questions about what is going on uh, that's when faith has to rise in our heart uh, and we have to say God uh, but you love me more than anything else uh, God you care for me uh, and it's an aggressive compassion uh, it's not me saying God I need your compassion uh, but what God does is he pours out uh, his compassion uh, and his mercy upon the people that have need of it in their lives uh, what do you think we should do about the problems? Uh, what do you think you ought to do about your problems right now? Uh, what do you think you ought to do about the things that causes your, your heart to sink, uh, that gives you uh, the, the cold sweats or gets the heart uh, uh, pumping? I'll tell you what you ought to do. Uh, you ought to go to the master right now. Uh, hallelujah. He's got plenty of, plenty of bread, uh, plenty of substance. Uh, he's there for you to help you in your time of need. But it's our faith in troubled times that helps us obtain a testimony, amen, a testimony that's filled with a good report. In order to have a good report, you have to have faith in God, amen. It has to begin with faith. You have to believe that the Lord is the creator of the universe. You have to believe that the Lord has written his word for the world that we live in today. We have to have a faith that this is the unadulterated authority for the world today, Amen. You have to have faith in that. If you don't have faith in that, you've got to pray, God, give me the, the faith to believe that you are the true and living God. But it all begins with this good report of, and, and having a, a faith in the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 says it like this. By faith, our elders obtained a good report. 
The Greek word for obtain means to bear witness or to become part of the testimony. And so our ancestors that, in the, that were in the Lord, they had settled the issue that, that they were going to be anchored in their faith in the Lord. And so they were dragged out and they were, they were tortured. They were, they were even martyred. They, they had the, uh, uh, just opportunities for uh, just uh, people to laugh at them and to mock them. And so they, they were kind of the ones that were, were the, the, uh, the ones that stood out a little bit, maybe like uh, uh, we as apostolics. And, and, and sometimes there might be the, the second glance or the second look, and, and maybe there would even be a sneer. I don't know, but it's very possible that that could happen. But, but you know what? These were people, the, our ancestors were people that refused to stop. Uh, they might have been mocked. They might have been in bombs. They might have had floods and fires uh, that they had to endure. Uh, but you know what? They said, no, uh, I will have faith in my God. I will not let my faith falter. I will continue every day to understand that I've got a relationship with my God, and I'm going to walk with him, and I'm going to talk with him, and he's going to be the God that's going to take care of me. And I want you to know that they became part of the testimony. They were willing. They didn't become bitter. They weren't disgruntled and say, God, why are you putting me through this right now? I don't understand. I don't deserve what I'm going through right now. Right now, uh, they weren't like that at all. They didn't have the martyr complex. Uh, they weren't defensive about what they were going through, uh, but they endured uh, with faith. Uh, and the Bible says that he gave them uh, a good report uh, as they're walking and being part of the testimony. Uh, they said, I'm going to worship you, God. Uh, I'm going to praise you through it. Uh, even though I can't explain it right now, God, uh, you are great and you are greatly to be praised. Uh, I want you to know, Lord, you uh, are worthy uh, of all of my praise. God, you don't have to explain what's going on. I don't understand this line. I don't get this flood. I don't get the fire right now, God. But you are worthy of my worship and my praise and my devotion unto you. Praise God. They understood that God was pleased with them no matter what was going on around them. Praise God. You know, sometimes we take things too personal. You know, Brother Scott made a good point at the men's breakfast yesterday. I, I just, just now remembered what he said. Sometimes we're, we, uh, we gauge everything by what is going on in our lives in the, at that moment. You know, and, and, and we gauge even our righteousness or our ability to deserve what, what's happening in our lives, whether it be good or bad. And that's the key here. Sometimes uh, bad things happen, so we think, well, bad things are happening because I'm a bad person. Or, boy, good things are happening because I'm a good person. But life is not like that. God doesn't look at you like that. God doesn't judge you by, by how you're performing, whether he loves you or not. See, the thing is, there's 5,000 people at the very minimum that day. And I can guarantee you there were people mocking him. There were people doubting him. There are people maybe whispering, saying, this guy's a kook. What's he talking about? I don't understand what, what this guy that, that we've never really heard of, or, or this is just Jesus from Nazareth that really, he was just, I know he was a boy growing up. I, there's nothing special about him. I can guarantee you there's a lot of doubt in, the, in that multitude, but Jesus said, I don't care. He had compassion on the multitude. Amen. I want you to know the world that you live in, the job that you have. 
the, the person you don't get along with and you think, man, they're, I can never see them living for God. Or I wonder, you know, they deserve whatever happens to them. No, we have to look at it like this through the eyes of Jesus. Uh, Jesus has compassion on the world. Amen. And no matter what's happening to you right now, whether it's bad or, or good or whatever, uh, amen, this is the plan of God in your life, uh, and you are living out the testimony, uh, and you've got to have faith in God uh, no matter what's going on around you. That means that, Lord, whether it's good or bad, I'm going to praise you. God, you know the expected end, so God, I'm going to be a part of the testimony, uh, and I'm just going to be faithfully worshiping you uh, and giving you the praise you deserve. Amen. There are times, however, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, a lot of times we, we read this. Read the first part. I wasn't even going to read it. I scratched it out. But this is the first part we read a lot. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. But I like the second part here. It says, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So whenever we hold our faith position, amen, we might be on our knees right now, and we might just be buckling under the, the pressure, but whenever we hold our, our faith position in the hard times, we, say, we receive the same affirmation in the Holy Ghost that says, well done. You are becoming a testimony of my goodness. I want you, the world to be able to see that whatever you're going through right now, that you are that testimony. You are the living testimony of my love and my compassion for you. Do you deserve it? They're going to know you don't deserve it. But I'm going to come in at the weakest time of your life, uh, and I'm going to sustain you whenever you don't know if you can make another step. Uh, our compassionate God says, I love you, uh, and I'm going to be with you till the end of the earth. Amen. And so when we fear, when this, this fear, even when fear becomes the overwhelming reminder that we, we begin to be reminded of the, how dismal things sometimes can be around us, all of a sudden whenever we have faith in the Lord, not faith in what's going on, but faith in the Lord, all of a sudden we have an overwhelming feeling uh, that everything is going to be okay because my Lord loves me. Amen. Whatever stronghold is working against you, whatever from generation to generation, and maybe you're battling some things that have happened even before you were born from the generations prior, God is with you. Amen. No matter the, the outlook or the position you're in at that very moment, I, I want you to know that God is with you. His compassion is still applicable in your life. Uh, but all you have to do is become part of the testimony and say, God, uh, I want to be a part of the good report. Lord, I just want to faithfully serve you, Lord. Uh, I don't understand everything, God, but I do know one thing. Uh, your word says I need to repent of my sins. Uh, and so, God, at the end of the service today uh, at altar call, I'm going to come down and I'm going to bring you uh, every one of my sins, God. Uh, I'm going to offer them to you and I'm going to repent of them. Uh, I'm going to lay them at the altar, God. And I, I don't know if if I'm going to be able to pull this off or not, but I'm going to do my best never to do those sins again. 
God, I don't know if I can do it on my own, uh, but I'm going to do my very best. Uh, and God, I need to wash away those sins in baptism. Uh, I need every one of those sins uh, to be washed away. Uh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, uh, for the remission of your sins, uh, every sin can be washed away. Uh, and then, Lord, I want to receive the baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost in my life. Uh, and if you want the greatest gift uh, that you've ever had, uh, you can have the power uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, in your life, uh, moving uh, in your life and your soul today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ne Nehemiah understood this very well, that sometimes the, the faith can become weary. Every now and then, you know, you're walking with the Lord and doing what you just know to do, but even the best among us can become weary. Nehemiah, the, the story of him pacing back and forth at the wall when they're trying to, to rebuild the wall. He understood that there were some, some just fierce nations that were gathered around attacking them, and, and they're getting ready to pounce on them to the point where uh, people had the, the tool of building in one hand and they, they had the sword in the other. I mean, they were just paranoid, and day after day living like that in fear of not knowing uh, when they're going to come, and you're trying to focus on your work, but everybody knows what it's like to be at work and you got problems at home. You got sick kids, you got bills that maybe you can't pay, and work is bad enough, right, in itself. But when you have to worry about other stuff on top of being at work, amen, anybody, am I preaching anybody? It's very difficult. And so these people, they're working. They had the sword in one hand, they had a hammer in the other hand, and they became weary. Uh, and so the hours just ticked away. The days began to, to mount up, and they were tired. They were, they were overwhelmed. They were being overtaken with their fears and their doubts. The Word of God said it like this. Nehemiah began to remind them of how great and mighty their God was. He said, Nehemiah chapter 4, in verse number 14, he said, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people. He said, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Will, will be there and he'll fight with you. In other words, he's going to be there for your families. And, and so whenever you're battling and you're, you're going through a, a tough time and you don't know whether or not it's worth it living for God, I want you to know you just have to have faith in the greatness of God. Sometimes you just have to look back and understand how great God is. Sometimes you got to get out that mental journal and say, you know what, Lord, uh, I, I remember the emotions. I, to this day, I remember being devastated. I remember how hard it was and how lonely I was, God. Uh, I remember how removed I felt from everybody, and I, I felt like I had no help. Uh, I felt like I had no, no ability to overcome the problem that I was in. And, Lord, I remember that feeling, God, uh, of being fearful. Uh, but, Lord, uh, I remember that very well to the day and to the hour and to the minute. Uh, but, Lord, here I am today. I got through. Uh, God, I got through it because you are mighty uh, and you are wonderful and you are great in my life. Uh, and so, Lord, if you did it before, God, uh, I know for a fact that you could do it again uh, in my life uh, because you have compassionate mercy for me uh, and you love me in the dilemma that I find myself in today. Amen. You know, there's no better place to go but to the word of the Lord and understand the grief that some people went through. Moses dealt with this fear in Israel. He instructed the people in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 17. He said, if thou shalt say in thine heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? But verse number 18 says, thou shalt not be afraid of them. He says, uh, uh, you have to remember what the Lord your God did unto Pharaoh. 
and to the, all that were in Egypt, Moses, I, I want you to remember what I did for you in the past. Uh, don't, don't let that just go to the, to the to wayside. Don't let it be a wasted testimony. But, but I, you lived that testimony. You were the one that went through uh, that testimony. And so I was there with you. I, I was the one that was watching you. I was the one that was overlooking uh, your very life. And so it went on to say, remember what I, God did in the Pharaoh unto all Egypt. Uh, Thou shalt not be frightened of them. For the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. In other words, Moses is saying you faced enemies that were far worse than what you're facing today. I want you to know there are some people right now in this house that you have, you have the most incredible testimonies. You have a testimony of God bringing you from the world and God bringing you out of different things that you were involved in and terrible things in your life. And I watched it. I've been here long enough to witness the greatness of God's power. And I've watched the transformation of God taking uh, your life that was in a dismal mess, uh, just a pile of nothing. Uh, but yet you offered yourself to the Lord. Uh, you were so desperate, you had nowhere else to go. Uh, so you find yourself either in that little building over there, or you're at the altar here, uh, and you offered yourself to the Lord. Uh, you didn't know what else to do, but you just offered yourself to the Lord. Uh, and you had been through things, and God has delivered you from things uh, that you cannot even explain. Uh, people testify about the, the greatness of God uh, and yours would fit right in there with them. Uh, but yet here today uh, there might be something that's a little fox that's spoiling the vine if you will. Uh, it might be something small that's not even comparable to what God had already brought you through. Uh, but listen to me right now. Uh, you've got to remember what God has brought you through. Uh, if God had compassion for you back then, uh, He still has compassion for you today. See, this is the problem here. Sometimes we start thinking we ought to be beyond certain things, uh, but compassion knows no limits. Uh, God loves us today like He did yesterday. Uh, he doesn't love you any less, uh, and He wants to move on your behalf uh, and help you get through the problem uh, that you're in right now. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes we just have to surrender ourself to the Lord. And I, I can guarantee you this is why many people in the world today, why they don't live for the Lord is because they're not good at surrendering. Surrendering is very difficult at times. Amen. Especially you great men that go to this church. Amen. I looked yesterday at the, at the men's breakfast and I looked throughout here today. We, we've got some great men that sometimes it's hard for us to surrender. Sometimes it's hard for us to relinquish the control. But you know what? I'm glad that we have men here today that understood that we cannot do anything close to what God can do. Amen. We're smart enough, if you will. Amen. We've got enough common sense to know that I'm limited, but He is unlimited. Amen. We've got some great ladies that, that you know, they're busy doing the, the stuff that they do, the responsibilities and, and taking care of their children. But you know what, mom, sometimes you just have to relinquish the control and say, God, you take this thing. You're, you're a better mother than I am. God, I, I need you to move in and, and have your way with my children because you love them more than I even love them. Amen. Sometimes we just need to get a revelation of God's compassion and love for the people of God. Uh, he loves you and He cares for you. Uh, and you've got to recognize the greatness of the Lord uh, in your life today as we stand together. Jesus had to die and surrender 
himself to the, to, to the Father. He said it like this, I commend my spirit unto you. Jesus had to relinquish control. And he said, I commend myself to you. What do you think we should do? What do, you, what do you think we should do with the situation that you're up against at this very moment in time? Amen. Sometimes we just have to understand that we've got to abide in the presence and the peace of the Lord. Sometimes we just need to find our place in the Lord, a quiet position, a quiet place of peace. The Word says it like this in Psalm 37 and 4. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Sometimes we just need to resign ourselves. God, I'm going to delight myself in You. Not in my own ability. Not in my own power and my independence. But, but Lord, I find delight that comes only in your love and your care for me. Sometimes the best thing that we can do, and I've talked to some of our men that's been already through this, and even my elders, I've talked to them about this conversation right here. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just give God our ambition and give God our desires our heartfelt desires for certain things in our lives, we need to say, God, I'm, my delight is not in accomplishment or doing, Lord. My true delight is finding a place in you. I want peace in my life, God, more than anything else. And so, Lord, I, I delight myself in putting my faith in you. The Bible tells us it's a promise right here in the Word of God that he will give you the desires of your heart but you have to relinquish control to him amen I'm not saying not work hard or not grooming yourself or study to show yourself approved I'm not saying that but I'm saying that there's a point in time where we have to have relationship and we have to bring our need before the Lord and say God I'm, I've done the best I could I'm willing to do more if you want me to God but but Lord, this, this doesn't matter as much as you. My relationship with you, God, is what I'm after more than anything else. Amen. I, yeah, I want to be used of you, Lord. I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and that they can recover. But Lord, that's all secondary compared to a relationship with you. See, in Philip, he didn't understand that until the very end. I started under studying Philip a little bit more than before the miracle and the after the miracle. And I close with this as we return to Philip and his life. History lets us know how Philip lived his life after Jesus revealed his compassionate mercy to the 5,000 that day. Philip's faith became strong. He was impacted not by the power of Jesus, but by the compassion of Jesus. How do I know he was impacted? Well, this is what happened to Philip. Philip, along with Bartholomew, 
was tortured and then crucified upside down. Philip preached from his cross upside down the gospel of Jesus Christ. Doesn't sound like a man doubting who Jesus was. It wasn't a man wondering if this was just a good prophet or just a a good man. No, he got a revelation. Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he understood that so well that he said, you know what, you can crucify me upside down. And I'm still going to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. They let Bartholomew go because his preaching was so effective. They were willing to cut Bartholomew down and Philip down. And history lets us know that Philip said, no, I'm not going to be free, but I'm going to die the martyr's death. And so history tells us that Philip got such a revelation of the relationship and the love that Jesus showed to him that day that he was never the same. That's powerful. That means that I don't have to seek after the signs and the wonders and the miracles to love him or to serve him. But all I have to do is have an understanding. God, give us an understanding of your love for your people today. So I ask you the question, what do you think we ought to do about your problem today? What do you think we ought to do about your physical problem or your your condemnation or your addiction or your difficulty or your bitterness? What do you think we ought to do about it? Should we call for the power of God to come down here? He might do it that way, but more than anything, we've got to call upon the compassion of Jesus Christ. And so as I open this altar today, if you've got a need in your life or you have a desire and you've got an opportunity for God to show himself great, I want to tell you, I want to to reveal to you this revelation that Jesus Christ has compassion for you and he wants to take care of you. But your job is this, you've got to come to him. You've got to open yourself up and say, Lord, here's, here's my problem right here. God, more than that, more than my problem, God, I I just want to love you right now. God, I I want your compassionate love to sweep inside of my heart. Lord, give me a revelation of the relationship that you have, Lord, with me that I don't even realize. Help it to be two-sided, God. Help me to know that you are compassionate for my, my daily needs. Lord, you care for me on a daily matter. God, that means that every day you want to be my bread. You want to be my sustenance, Lord. God, the five loaves and two fish, here they are right here. God, that's all I've got. I don't have anything else besides it. And I want you to know that from heaven right now, Jesus is looking down, having compassion on you. And he wants to transform your life here today.